0: What I often say is when you're entering into a relationship, yeah, you need to weave the relationship inside out. You and your partner come from different walks of life. Right. And what tends to happen in our relationships is we tend to build a new sense of what the relationship is from us from the outside in so mm-hmm. from what I know from what you know and then we're trying to meet in the middle there's a lot of chaos there because you might be weaving it differently I might be weaving it differently mm-hmm. and then when we come closer we realize mm, we're not a fit we're not fitting but when when we say that with relationships you need to weave them inside out means we need to have the conversation in terms of how you think of discipline how you think of money management how you think of Events. How you think of the roles How you think of, you know, when you come into my family, this is what we were raised to know.
1: You are listening to the Journey on Earth the podcast, where each week I, the host Olorato, uncover journeys in wellness, business, parenthood, and so much more. I created this podcast that will not only validate and value our stories, but will motivate us to have the courage to continue to build the stories we want for ourselves. From time to time, I like bringing you some deep dive conversations with incredible guests to uncover their journeys and topics highlighted. They also share their secrets to cultivating a good life. So tune in for some good conversation every Tuesday. We are back again in studio with Buisi Lemulina, continuing our conversation on psychology matter. And yet again, we are tackling a different topic, but today's topic is actually the last of our series today we are tackling psychology as a partner in a relationship and we are talking about you as a lady as a woman in a relationship or you just as a partner in a relationship talking about boundaries talking about how to open up to your partner and just things about relationship let me first start by saying good morning
0: <laughs> well yeah morning we're into the afternoon um and yes it's it actually, I was just thinking about it as I was prepping this morning to say that we've really come you know, a long way in terms of first um, linking up and mm. following through, and also just the sessions that we've had. I think we've spoken about real and pressing issues okay. that affect women from all walks of life, really. But obviously we know the condition of the black woman as firstly dealing with a lot of the psychopolitics around just blackness and the female body and them having to then translate themselves in our society to become present and um, significant change makers. So Mm -hmm. that's not an easy thing. And, you know, it's opportunities like these where we speak to everyone and it's an easy reach. And I think what I've come to learn, particularly with psychology, is... Sometimes you ask yourself, does it stick? Does someone's life shift significantly? Mm. But you then realize with time that it does in its own uh, kind of special way. And you've done a tremendous thing for someone who just needed this at the right time. So I'm glad to have been a part of it.
1: Thank you. I'm glad to have had you actually because honestly, like I said, I myself too did learn so much in this journey and that's why I was like, you know, I'll break loose. I am coming here to do the finale with you. Thank you so much. And my my wish really is for people to see the significance of this and in a sense that there is so much need um, for everyone's personal journey to actually, to find a psychologist or therapist who it does not necessarily need you to be broken, because I guess a lot of people say I'm not broken. Um, it does not necessarily need you to be broken to go see a psychologist. We all need someone to actually show us parts of us that we are not dealing with. And sometimes we are healing wounds that we don't even know of we needed to heal. You know, yeah. yeah, so getting into our conversation today about psychology as a partner in a relationship, I wanted to open up our conversation starting off about setting boundaries, and you've touched on us as black people, you know. Um, I think for me, the biggest thing that I struggled with when I got into a marriage, rather, let me say a marriage rather than a relationship, uh, when I got into a marriage, it was a thing of setting boundaries with our extended families and from both ends. Mm -hmm. And I think most of us find ourselves in a place where we are torn apart between choosing your partner and choosing your family. Yeah. And when marriage is still new and fragile, it's a point where you need to join hands with your partner and not be in disagreement. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes we find our families being the ones who are pulling us apart. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask you about setting boundaries. How, as a new relationship now, do you form boundaries for yourself to protect your nuclear family from the extended families? Yeah,
0: yeah. So I mean, with boundary setting, it's um, one of those complex things because whilst you're trying to assert yourself and trying to establish these boundaries, you lose some, you win some, mm. basically. But what we find with boundary setting is, first and foremost, it it proves worthwhile to understand the personality of the person you're trying to form boundaries with. What we tend to do is we tend to form boundaries outside of some awareness of the person that we're dealing with. So once you know who this person is, how they function, how they play into certain parts of yourself and kind of the strengths and the weaknesses that you have towards them, it's easier to then know how to set a boundary. And not just for a relationship, even for your children, even for your friends, even for Mm. your colleagues. What helps in, in in that is that you start to form boundaries that address what you feel, but also put the next person in a position to understand how they compromise the relationship or how they sabotage not only your relationship, but you might find it's a similar pattern elsewhere. Mm. So the important part with with boundaries is that you also need to understand that as people, we are self-serving in our nature. We consider first, first ourselves and others. We enter into relationships, consciously or unconsciously, looking to edify what exists or looking to confirm what exists within us before we can start to pour out to the next person. It's what can I get to mm. from you that adds to my life hence we that determines who we date who we're friends with and how we negotiate life basically so when you look at boundaries it's it's such a an extended and complex topic because for others it's not easy for others it is for others the consequences are so great that they're triggering of parts like you said that have not been healed Mm-hmm. So, you know, your resistance and your frustration is deeper than the surface level. So you might come into the workplace and you might be irritable and you might be firm with me on something that I don't know any of it. Right, You I see, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know where that's coming from, but I've clearly triggered you in some shape or form. But sometimes you know of these and sometimes you don't.
1: So the next person might not be aware of this boundary setting. Okay.
0: Yes. Which is what I'm saying. It's very important to have an emotional intelligence when you're curating boundaries. Because you can't... With boundaries, it's not one size fits all. Yeah. There are certain people who you must attend to much more gently. There are certain people who you must attend to with uh, certain firmness. There are certain people who, you know, you need to engage them quite thoroughly when you're about to set the boundary. There are certain people who don't even know that they're toxic and you need to kind of highlight that for them mm-hmm. and then define how, what the relationship will be moving
1: forward. Interesting. Interesting. I came across something, I think a video that I was talking about sometimes we hold these narratives in our mind that we expect the next person to play a role in a script that they don't know of, right? Yeah. And I think from what you were talking about, what I'm getting is that sometimes these boundaries that you are trying to set, like they come from your own narrative of what you feel, you understand it mm-hmm. yourself, mm-hmm. but sometimes they may not be received the way you want them to be. Of and yeah you may need to be firmer and also I think that goes with your personality traits mm-hmm. it might be a lot harder for you to be firm mm-hmm. you know to be assertive mm-hmm. to other people reason why I'm also asking on family because you've created this relationship with a person who comes from a family which they were raised in and they've had a certain rules of how they grew up mm-hmm. and they've had certain role models and you've had your own script of how you were raised and all that But now you're trying to sort of detach that person from what he was used to and yourself as well from what you were used to, to create a union together. So now they have to actually create a boundary that protects their nuclear family to say, you know what, things have changed now. I'm now part of this family and I need you to respect my wife or I need you to respect my husband and my kids. This is how we are choosing to live life. Oftentimes it's hard to have those conversations with, our family, especially us as black people, because mm-hmm. you're almost raised to believe that life happens this way, yeah, and they almost have a say in how you live your life within your new family mm-hmm. now, going to religion and all that. Mm-hmm.
0: So what I often say is, when you're entering into a relationship, yeah, you need to weave the relationship inside out. So basically, think of it as this way you've got this, I don't know, wool. Yeah. And you must now weave this thing. Okay. You and your partner come from different walks of life. Right. And what tends to happen in our relationships is we tend to build a new sense of what the relationship is from us, from the outside in. So mm. from what I know, from what you know, and then we're trying to meet in the middle. There's a lot of chaos there because you might be weaving it differently. I might be weaving it differently. Mm-hmm. And then when we come closer, we realize mm, we're not a fit. We're not fitting. But when when we say that with relationships, you need to weave them inside out, means we need to have the conversation in terms of how you think of discipline, how you think of money management, how you think of events, how you think of the roles, how you think of, you know, when you come into my family, this is what we were raised to know. What's your take on that? Are you comfortable with that? Are you not? If not, why? If you are, why? Still, so that we all have an understanding of what's happening. So that when we form the relationship and we create our own fabric of what the relationship should be, it's woven from the inside out because we're constantly communicating and we're constantly directing each other Mm. to say, okay, this is what needs to happen, this is where we need to go, rather than coming from opposite ends and trying to figure it out because mm. you might, someone might span out the wall too quickly, someone might be quite paced in the manner in which they approach things. So it becomes very important to engage each other with, with boundary setting and to have that respect for each other, to say that we really were not raised in the same home. There's are sort of things that are very firm and, and and very solid and very rigid within yourself that you might have to unlearn because yeah. you're, you're walking this journey with somebody else. So we cannot be tense around certain subjects. We need to address them. And we also need to highlight how things that we grew up knowing may have been problematic because there is an alternative. Mm. And this is how the alternative exists.
1: Mm. It makes sense when you say that you need to weave it from inside out. Yeah. So in a sense, would you say you need to create your identity first as a couple? You need to know yes. each other first Yes. as a union, yes. as a unit. Okay. So you,
0: you need to know who you are, what you represent, what is the principle of this relationship, mm. what is what is the ethos of the marriage, what do you firmly value. Mm. And and this is not one-sided. What have you decided as a couple is going to guide your home? Okay. So that when you when you are out there, Your truth is established and your truth is firm and you're not wavering. None of you are wavering because you've agreed on this collectively.
1: You touched on something so, I think, critical that you need to unlearn certain behaviors and all that. And oftentimes I think it's a good thing when you come into a relationship and, should I say complete, or um, there isn't so much that you need to deal with. But in a case whereby you find yourself in a good thing Mm -hmm. relationship a good relationship that you've always wanted for example and you still have a lot to deal with Mm -hmm. you still have a lot of fun learning a lot of healing Mm -hmm. how how do you how do you invite your partner into your space of healing and how do you as a partner actually make it conducive enough for your partner to actually go through that healing space because i Oftentimes, I find that healing, it's a a, a vulnerable process and it's not easy to welcome someone into that space, Mm -hmm. especially alien to the relationship, right? And you almost need that trust that I can lean on, you know, so how do you create that conducive space for your partner to trust you enough and how do you welcome them in to your healing journey? Yeah. With relationships, we know that the first few
0: months, years, perhaps, there are certain parts of yourself that are so raw and and so vulnerable, and you're not quite embracing of letting someone else in. And, I mean, it takes a while, even with therapy, for for people to go Mm. to those painful parts of themselves because it's almost like I've survived for so long by numbing, by just you know oh, yeah. suppressing it, yeah. bringing it up, i don't know what I'm going to match up this reality with how am I going to have an emotional experience of of what I'm trying to um, bring up to the relationship There's something that I often say, and I find it quite profound if we're going to look at like a, a spiritual text, for example, if we lean into um kind of the the biblical text for the lack of a better word there's something that is said there about you know adam and eve which Mm. were who were a couple and who are more or less the script of what family looks like there's a passage there that says that they were naked and unashamed yeah yeah and that for me goes beyond the physical It goes to the emotional, it goes to the soul, that they bore their souls to each other and were unashamed, Mm -hmm. yeah? So it's one of those things where, yes, there are two camps. There are people who feel like, if I let you in so deeply, the consequence is that you might turn this and use it against me to hurt me even further. And I understand where that's coming from. And yes, people are malicious. We won't discredit that. But in, in a relationship that is safe and one that is considerably healthy, you must be naked and unashamed. You must be able to say, these are parts of myself that I'm very insecure about. Mm. And inviting that person in says, I trust you and I trust that you will help me to build a better version of myself. So that is what it should be, ideally. Mm.
1: Yeah, And and. I find that trust is different for guys and for women as well. Mm -hmm. And I think I came across this and they were saying that trust for a guy is lost when he encounters so much rejection. Mm -hmm. Like in a sense that he's trying to reach out and you're rejecting, right? Um, He's asking for uh, intimacy and you're rejecting. Mm and he's trying to talk to you, you're not listening. Mm -hmm. And for a guy as well, you may be taking whatever you guys are going through at home, talking to about it you know, at work and whatever. So the female trust is affected when a guy cheats. Mm -hmm. So they're always looking for, would he cheat on me? And that is the trust that gets lost when the guy cheats. Whereas on the guy, it's that matter of, will she hear me? Will she listen to me? Does she reject me? Mm -hmm. So they were just talking about that difference. And I think that's what I wanted to know more about. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you open that up? How do you give trust as a partner?
0: Yeah, it takes time. I think that is the one thing that we must appreciate is that it takes time. And you need to be attentive Mm -hmm. in, in your relationship, to be honest, because with men, they haven't quite formed or been socialized to form an emotional language. Mm-hmm. So the manner in which they also speak of things, sometimes is very random and you're just like, whoa, that went from zero to a hundred real quick there. But they, for them, it was an opportunity to just throw it in. And if you're not attentive, you'll miss it, basically. Mm-hmm. And you'll miss talking about it and you'll miss asking more and you'll miss how you've never told me about this um, that this happened to you so true yeah and it, it needs you to be present with trust you need to be present because there's certain things that only need an external opportunity for them to be expressed. So yeah. we could be watching something and I throw in my own experience. We could be listening to someone else's you know, life and I throw in my experience. We could be out with friends and the conversation comes up about something that I haven't dealt with and I throw it in in conversation when I'm with you. But if you're not listening, you won't be able to assist me through. So trust, unfortunately, is one of those things where what we tend to want to do is we tend to want to repair the trust rather than create a new way of trusting Mm. because with the repairing of the trust it still lingers there's certain things that are still there that are still triggers that your body responds to that you get paranoid about, obsessed about, and that you overthink because you are repairing trust. But if we're saying that we want to really establish a trusting relationship between us, there are certain things that no longer fit. Mm. And you have to let go of that script, really, and take on something
1: new with me, which is a blank slate approach. Mm. I I wanted to also just ask, and I, I often get this, Um, in conversations with our girls that is it necessary to to actually open up about your past relationships in your relationship do you need to bring it all into a new relationship not literally bring it all but do you need to let your partner know about your past with that question it depends Okay.
0: and the reason why I say it depends is because you want to weigh what you bring to the table okay um and you need to ask yourself that whatever that i bring about my past relationships how does it serve this new one does it compromise it does it sabotage it does it create some form of anxiety around how i must be around you because there's something that happened that's similar or whatever the case may be so for me it's often will it advance improve the relationship that you bring up certain things and the reason for that is that sometimes we we talk about our former relationships and we don't understand how it builds an insecurity consciously or unconsciously for the person you're trying to tell um, Mm. about this experience so if for example you come and say that you know for me i was cheated on and um and then thereafter you know i just couldn't trust them and then i also started cheating how is that advancing the relationship that you're right. in okay do you know what i mean yeah. it's like there, there are certain lessons that we've learned from past relationships bring the lessons than mm. the actual experience because then you're able to show that you then formed an understanding that informs who you are and how you look at relationships now rather than saying yeah but you're doing the same thing that my ex did okay mm. Mm. it's you're using that to kind of um, twist the person that you're in to check themselves you know
1: be better otherwise I'm going to leave sure makes so much sense. I think that makes so much sense that the lessons are far more important than the experience itself. I believe that communication is meaningless um, if one still feels not understood or heard or seen in a relationship. Um, Often people say communication is key, but if there is no sort of comprehension of where do you come from, and understanding your position, what does that make you feel when I do certain things? How does that make you feel? You know, I feel like communication then becomes lost in that when there is no understanding of each other. Mm -hmm. How do we, in a relationship, learn to effectively communicate and listen as well? Because I think listening is far more important as communicating.
0: So when we talk about uh, communication, where do I start? Because it's it's one of those. Um, the first thing is it's important to understand that any person's first response is defense. That's where you start. You will always be defensive. Okay. That's your first reaction, response to whatever's being said. You will always try and protect and preserve your ego, basically. Mm. And That is the frustration that we are then met with when we're trying to look at effective communication. Because if you say, why did you do this? Then my first is to get myself out of this as soon as possible and show that I was right in my approach and you're the one who's overreacting. Yeah. So that's the first thing around communication. But now you mentioned that if it's not comprehended, you then feel like you're not heard and it's not worthwhile to even try. And I always say that the the challenge with that is that if it is unsaid, you return it to your body, which means you carry the frustration, the anger, the hostility, which then translates to the depression, the anxiety, the stress, the low mood, the disconnect, because you're not able to let it out or you feel like the person you're letting it out to basically bounces it back yeah, it to it bounces back right it bounces back so the thing about that is that again you really need to understand the person that you're working with and their personality mm. and you need to come to a place where we always say that it's important to use i statements you know when when you're dealing with um conflict or whatever the case may be to say that when you do this, I feel this way, and you know that then leaves the per- the person with the impression that they have on you, and then it's on them whether they want to reform or not. It's not your responsibility to follow up on
1: okay. whether
0: the person changes their behavior. It's their stuff that they must now work with. You have left them with the emotion, so they know that if i do not tell you where i am for example um my wife feels you know kind of disregarded in the sense that i need to know where you are for your safety for just knowing it's not for me to kind of follow up you don't even have to give me an exact location just letting me know that after work i'm gonna go out with my friends okay then in my head I know you're out with friends and I know to chill and and not panic. And not
1: panic, right. But if
0: you don't tell me where you're going, it's five and you come home at five and now it's nine and now it's 10. Now it's 12. Now it's 1 a.m. I have no idea where you are. I don't know whether you need help. I don't know whether you are at risk. I don't... And I mean, South Africa is a violent country. You can't just be unaccountable to people. It's for accountability rather than it is for... Um, kind of chaperoning or you know following up on people so it's one of those things where again you need to have the patience when you're trying to get something through and understand that we all react with defense and sometimes it's about allowing that defense to just sit there and can be addressed at a later stage when there's less emotion involved and when someone is most likely to be able to hear you out well because it's not like an emotionally charged conversation.
1: That's really helpful. And I get this a lot that it's better to bring the uncomfortable uh, conversations when you guys are happy. But Mm -hmm. I feel like why ruin the moment when we are happy to bring the uncomfortable? I don't know when is the best time to actually bring the uncomfortable conversation, be it about something that triggered you or something that bothered you, but you didn't bring it up then, you decided to bank it up. Is it effective to bring those conversations when you guys are happy? Is it true?
0: Waiting for happy is too long. Rather wait for when the when when you've simmered. Okay. Do, do you get what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so things are said, things are heated. You go to your room, I go to whatever, sorry, my room, and uh, yeah, everyone's brewing wherever that they are. <laughs> yeah. But at some point, um, sometimes you find that, there's a person who's avoidant and a person who's confrontational and they have to make a marriage work. Shucks. <laughs> it's terrible. So, so you need to learn to come to the party. They need to learn to give you space.
1: Shucks, yeah. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yes.
0: So so with that, you need to wait for it to simmer. You know, if you have to cry, do your crying, do your venting, call your friend sleep it off and then you know as immediate as the next day even it's about Mm, okay right you know i'd really i'd really like us to talk about what happened yesterday you know and Mm. this is how i felt and you know i know you were needing answers immediately i needed time to just think through what was happening and this is how i deal with uncomfortable situations and i just need to be a bit lenient with yeah. me to understand that if i'm quiet and i go and i sit by myself i'm not trying to be malicious in any sense i'm just trying to make sense it's just the way that i handle conflict mm-hmm. and you need to meet me halfway and i know i need to meet you halfway hence i'm starting this conversation to say we need to talk about what happened yesterday this is how i felt this is how i felt that you may have overreacted and this is how I felt that you may have minimized what I was feeling and express that and then give them the chance to speak. Mm. And I think you need to introduce it very early in a relationship that we can't all speak at the same time. And someone needs to always have a hold on that to say, okay, you had your moment to speak, may I speak, yeah? Mm. So that you, you create that element of we don't always have to agree, but we always have to be respectful in the way in which we express any disagreement.
1: Right, so you don't really have to have it, the answers at that moment. Yes. Yeah, because sometimes I find that when you respond right there, besides wrong things coming out, when you sit down with yourself, you say, I should have edited that, I should have said this and that, so it makes a lot more sense actually. I also get a lot of people, actually even just from movies, my observation is that when people divorce or when, pe- when the spouse die or when kids grow up and you're left in your relationship with your partner or you are left alone, whichever the scenario turns out to be, a lot of people tend to say that I lost a part of me in those years. I feel like my life paused in those years. Mm-hmm. But there are certain scenarios whereby you're going to grow old with this person. And sometimes you don't have to feel like a part of you is lost in a relationship or as a parent or whatever. Yeah. How do you still retain your identity, right, as a person, just as an individual person in a unit like a relationship without actually having to always be like I? Mm-hmm. You know, everything's always about me. Mm-hmm. But considering the unit that you are a part of, but yeah. still retaining identity. Yeah.
0: yeah. You know, as, you, as you're saying that, I'm just, I'm just recalling the most famous thing that we say. Maybe we don't really critically think about what it means, but we, <laughs> yeah. we always say, oh, this is my better half. Uh, this is my better half. And I, <laughs> for me, it's always like, why can't we come and hold? Yeah. And then form an identity. Yeah of what the relationship should be. And ideally what you want to do is you want to come into any relationship being poured out. You know, not not lacking because then you place tremendous responsibility on the other person to make you whole. Right. Yet what needs to happen is I need to come having worked through self having determined my own sense of being whole you need to do your work and then we need to come together and form something from the outpouring not from lack so that that is where it's supposed to be so that you don't sit and feel like at some point your life lost meaning and at some point you derailed and you're not aligned to what you had set out for yourself and that happens because you most likely continuously poured out and did not get anything in return that made you feel that you're an equal partner in this relationship so mm. let's get into relationships whole and work on being whole if you're not and then let the relationship be guided by what pours out from all of us, from a place of being, of being in overflow. Yeah. And then you form for yourself what the relationship should be.
1: Yeah. yeah, And that's the reason why I asked you about Because it's not always as perfect as we want it to be that yeah. we come in a relationship whole. Yeah. But in a case whereby you are lacking, you mm-hmm. need to recognize that. And also still invite your partner in your healing journey, right? Yeah. But it's it's ideal and it's I think it becomes even beautiful when mm-hmm. we know ourselves first, mm-hmm. um, when we get into a relationship because then we complement each other. Yes. We work together. Not that someone has to be something that was lacking for mm-hmm. the other partner mm-hmm. and always have to fill that up. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's all about that today. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank I don't know you. If, do you have anything to close it
0: up? <laughs> well, it's it's been quite a it's been quite the sprint. Yeah. like I said in the beginning, quite a rewarding um, thing and exercise and, and being able to to come into this kind of space. I always say that you know, the area of psychology is necessary. It's valid, but in in the social structure and, and the frame in which we hold. We need moments like this where we know conversations have a wider reach and uh, people can kind of engage us from Mm. what they've learned and also bring up with insight what came up for them in the podcast. So for me, I mean, the topics have been quite uh, enriching in terms of just understanding You know, women's experiences, of course, we cannot exhaust it all. There's so much. There's so
1: much. That,
0: you know, women endure. And, you know, relationships is one thing that, you know, we constantly struggle with um, throughout our whole lives because Mm. we get introduced to children. We must learn from them. (laughs) We must also, you know, impart Parts of ourselves, and you really want to protect your children from all the toxic parts of yourself that mm. they may inherit and carry forward. So it becomes quite a lot of work. But I mean, in terms of our theme today, it's one of those things where I really, really hope that every woman who gets to hear this—a friend, a mother, a sister, an aunt, a colleague, you know, a wife—gets uh, to really spend some time with themselves and really ask difficult questions and ask themselves of what have they considered truth, but have soon realized that it has done more harm to others Mm. than good. And sometimes those things that we formed for ourselves really don't hold in the relationships that we're trying to establish. And, you know, we often say that I don't want to compromise myself and quite valid you don't want to compromise yourself but there are certain things that you must hold um dear and they must put you in a place of peace Mm. and not only that introduce those things that you hold as truth to others and be willing to hear out what an alternative looks like before you can kind of draw the conclusion to say that this yes or this no. Mm. Where's the other person coming from? And what has informed their outlook on life? And what is my role in this relationship? And what am I doing that is empowering the next person? And what am I doing that is an overcompensation? And what am I also doing that is my own stuff and egoistic uh, um expression that the it's really not about the person it's about me and yeah. i need to work on that so it's very important to form a very healthy relationship with yourself
1: with yourself first
0: before you can kind of invite others into your
1: life yeah yeah i think a lot of relationships do open that side of us and show us that there's a lot of work that we need to do mm-hmm. pastor TD jake said something that ties to what you just said right now that Sometimes you have to give up to the possibilities that you are correct mm-hmm. and lean on more on understanding the next person. Where do they come from? Yeah. And that you might actually be wrong yeah. and listen. Yeah. So, and listen, which yeah. is
0: very, very important. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much for having me. And uh, yeah, I'll see you on the streets. I'll see <laughs> you on social media. I'll be following your page and your work. And
1: yeah, oh, always, always, always welcome thank you thank you so much for this work thank you hey journeyers thank you so much for listening to this episode of the journey on earth podcast here every listener who chooses to listen is never taken for granted i appreciate every single one of you if you enjoyed this episode please take a moment to help the podcast continue bringing you incredible guests by subscribing rating and reviewing the podcast on itunes you can also share the podcast with your friends and family who may need the message from this episode. Until next time, keep on seeking and finding the things that ignite you. Keep on journeying you journeyers. Chat to you soon. Bye.